0: Watching a well enough. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, watching a YouTube video caught my eye. Don't watch as many YouTube videos as I used to. I'm getting better, uh, but this was on um, a guy who was the one of the great players in the NBA, mm-hmm. um, and I want to say. One of the ten greatest small forwards in the NBA. If you know anything about basketball, his name was John Havlicek, and he was back in the in the '60s, and they had a basketball dynasty. I don't think he ever played uh, an NBA final series that he didn't win. Um, Now I may be. I'm not totally sure about that, but he played. He wasn't one of the starters. He was, became famous as a sixth man. Uh, he would look over the situation, then come come in as a substitute. Um, and he, he said, that never bothered me. Never bothered you? No, that never really bothered me. Because the coach, Fred Arbach always said, you know, it's not who starts the game, uh, who really gets the glory. It's, it's who, who is there in the end. And he says he was there most of the time in the end. And he plays some exciting games down to the the wire. He's one of those guys that always wanted to take the last shot and hit many of those last shots. Um, Just a a great, great fundamental basketball player. Um, But those guys who started the starters, at the end, someone had to be sitting on the bench, right? So I think that's a situation we have here. That with Judah, this is this is a passage about Judah. The one I'm going to talk about today is Judah, one of the sons of Jacob. And he starts out well, it looks like, in this chapter. This is Judges, uh, but he ends up not so well. He declines, and in the end, he's like the rest of the gang. And that's not good. It didn't turn out to be good, as you see from the rest of Judges. They all go down the tubes. So, what happens right at the beginning here in the book of Judges? It says, it came about after the death of Joshua. The sons of Israel inquired of the Lord. Well, that's kind of a good thing, isn't it? What were they doing when Joshua was there? Probably sitting back a little bit, right? Wouldn't you be? But Joshua was like Moses. Mm -hmm. Joshua is compared to Moses very much. You get the end of Deuteronomy, that's uh, Moses' death. And now this is Joshua's death. They're quite similar, except they can't find the body of Moses. Joshua they do find. But he's gone. Now it talks about three times, three different times. At the end of uh, chapter 24 in Joshua, through chapter 2 in Judges, three times Joshua's death is mentioned. And a big deal made out of it. Now he says here, uh, you know, sometimes when pastors, especially pastors of megachurches, leave, it's a crisis, right? Oh my goodness, what do we do now? There, there begin to be prayer meetings. People get serious. Okay, it took us a while to replace Dr. Boyce, I'm thinking. Yes, I would sure think so. Someone who's a, a central figure like that disappears, but all of a sudden, and now look who they have. Yeah, a good guy, I think. Um, but, um, so, it gets, it, it can be a really, really good thing. Now, uh, okay. This also comes in a time, and the book of Judges is a book in which there are no kings. And if you remember, at the end of the book, it says, there was no king in Israel everyone was doing it was right in their own eyes right but still there's no king in israel there's not going to be a king i i think at this point god is saying it's like when jesus left right Mm -hmm. all of a sudden whoa there he goes up into the sky whoa what is this (laughs) we're gonna have to do something now we got to scramble now man we're in trouble so i think at this point he's saying the tribes all you tribes Now it's up to you. But you notice it says, uh, after the death of Joshua, the sons of Israel inquired saying, who who shall go up to to fight the Canaanites? Um, So uh, who shall go up first? Who shall begin? Why the first? That makes you almost think, and I read this and I thought, whoa, the the critics are going to have fun with this two different accounts of the conquest, stuff like that, but really not at all. Um, Why why is there this? Because they lost a lot of territory. They've lost a lot of ground. It's as if they have to start over again. So while Joshua is fighting his head off, these guys are apparently not fighting very well. They're not whipping the land. But you know, that's a lot of times the way it is. We have to start over. Isn't that right? Sometimes you just gotta start over. There's just no getting around. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, people have Paul said plenty of times, not plenty of times, but at least a couple times. Uh sometimes I wonder if I've run in vain. It's like I have to I have to start all over. Mm -hmm. Well, you gotta get over that. You gotta forget about it and tomorrow go in. Sam Sam Walton, uh from Walmart fame, uh he had, before it was real big, one of his firms, one of his buildings burned down. So what do you do? He says, you just got at it. The following day starts building it up. It's like the Germans after World War II. Man, this rubble. And there you see them out there picking through uh, blocks, picking it up, and they're starting over, right? So that's what these guys have, have to do. And there's no names. The Lord says, Judah shall go up first. Uh, Behold, I've given the land into his hand. It's going to be Judah. Now, uh, <clears throat> why Judah? Judah's actually a good guy. Why not um, Ephraim? Why not one of the sons of Joseph? Uh, well, it wasn't Joseph. And in fact, now that we're saying goodbye Uh, to Joshua, Joshua's kind of over, right? Now the understudy comes. That's Caleb. We'll we'll get to that in a minute, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, that's okay that Ephraim, that it's going to be Judah. If you remember, uh, Judah was the one who goes up and saves Simeon, who goes down, that is, and saves Simeon from Egypt. He says, Dad, if, if we don't get going, we're starving here. I could have come down and come and, and come back twice. I think that's funny, really. Uh, maybe a little Jewish humor. Uh, we could have been back here twice. Let me go. I'll guarantee you, I'm going to get Simeon back here, but let me take Benjamin up. He does that. Judah's a savior. Judah saves all of Israel. And then Jacob in Genesis 49, he blesses who's he blessed the most? Judah. He says, all this stuff I could read it. it, it uh, there's not time to read it. But he's going to be a lion. The, the scepter is going to be in his hand. Stuff like this. Uh, it's one of the longest blessings, except uh, Ephraim, right? Except Joseph. Um, so, so that's Judah. Now, is Judah a good guy? Do you remember the incident where he wound up with, with a prostitute? And uh, remember that incident? He was involved with selling. He's the one that came up with the idea. Let's sell Joseph down to Egypt. Let's get some money for him. Better than killing him. Still, it's sort of take your pick. So why does, but not really. Because Jacob's saying, man, I love that Judah did that. He's blessed. And sure enough, why is it Judah? Because that's how who Jacob blessed in Genesis 49. That's why it's Judah. Simple as that. And now it works out. So. that's where it goes to right that's where it goes exactly where it goes before christ it goes to david this whole thing is now being pointed toward david this whole chapter It's it's a very exciting chapter even though you wouldn't think stuck in judges of all the mess there is uh here we are okay then he picks simeon then Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come with me into the territory allotted me. I'll fight. We'll, we'll, uh, you help me over here. I'll help you over there. Wait a minute. Did Joshua do that? You know, Did, would David have done that? David just goes, man. That's what Joshua, he just goes. You guys come after me. But now we see some scholars are seeing a weak point in Judah's a chink in his armor. This is going to be about Judah. It's going to be good about Judah, but it's going to gradually build down. So uh, did he need to talk to Simeon, his brother? Maybe it's a good thing, right? Maybe he's going to teach Simeon how to fight. Is Simeon a fighter? I think he is. Why? Because um, he's fighting next to Judah and they're winning. So maybe he's picking that up. Just like Jesus, it's, there's a, uh, a psalm that says, I forget where it is, who trains my hands for war. Mm. He's maybe training Simeon, uh, which, is, which is a cool thing because that's what Jesus does for us. He chooses people who are not so great and then trains them how to fight. And maybe that's what Jude is doing here. But the other side of that is maybe not. <clears throat> There are people who say, he's starting to act like the Canaanites act. Let's get somebody to help me. I scratch his back and so on. Uh, Not simply believing the promise of God. But if you were Judah and you heard that message, Judah shall go up first. And if you were familiar with Genesis 49, the blessing of Judah, would that have you pumped up? I would be pumped up about that, I think. And there's there's the promise. Um, and that's what he's based, that's what he's gonna go with. And he's gonna say, Simeon, come on with me, then we'll come back and clean up your place. Very positive, right? Very optimistic about that. He's a man of faith. Whoever this Judah is, we don't even know who their names are, what their names are. Which tribe is he the tribal leader? What do you even we don't even know that? Reminds me of of Jesus in a way, right? With his 12 disciples. Here are 12 tribes. And he, uh, Jesus is saying, um, well, he did spend all night praying in, in, in the selection of those disciples. But when you look at these guys, you're thinking, boy, kind of doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> so, um, so these are, are 12 no-name guys just made generic like this God can use anybody he wants to, right? And that's, that's just what he's going to do. He's going to use somebody like Judah, not Joseph. Joseph would be the one you would pick, right? If you want to get the more godly guy, you don't have to be Joseph and his descendants. But God says, nah, I'll take Judah, right? So... Here, so now they run to this guy named. Uh, first, they defeat ten thousand men at Bezek. They found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, and fought against him, and he defeated the Canaanites, and the Parasites. Adonai Bezek that means Lord of Bezek. We don't know that's his, that's, that's his name, or. Um, um or it's just a, a designation. He's he's the the ruler of Bizac. Um so um Adenak fled. Now it says this in succession. Four four verbs. Adoniza, Adonai I fled, they chased him, they caught him, they cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Right? Isn't that bizarre? Yes. Well, this is how we begin the Book of Judges. Going to be more bizarre stuff like that in in Judges, like the death of uh, uh, like Ehud's death of what was his name? Forget his name. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yep. He kills this. uh, Well, that's that's a story for another day. Um, But they pursue him. Oh, oh! I forgot about this. He chooses Simeon, I think partly because Simeon's a warrior. Simeon's a, Simeon's a violent man. I think he's violent. He trains him, whatever, but these guys are both violent. You know, we need violence in the kingdom of God. I don't think there's any question about that. And that's what's going to happen here. They chase Adonai Bezek, uh, He he flees, they chase him, they find him, they cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Uh, These are violent guys, but it's good violence. They're getting to the bottom. They're they're getting to this guy, I think, who's a bad guy, right? He's a a pagan, he's a Canaanite ruler, uh, and they're doing the right thing. They're chasing him right to the core, and they find him. And then what do they do? What were they supposed to do? Supposed to kill him, right? This is, why should they kill him? Because these guys, these rulers of this world are dangerous people, aren't they? They set up this whole power structure and they feed it and maintain it, make sure it's okay. It's all against the God of Israel. It's against the true God. So uh, what do they do? They don't kill him. And plenty of people say, here's where he's messing up. Judah's starting to fall down. Why don't they kill this guy? Maybe he talked his way out of it. Some people are good talkers, aren't they? I'm telling you, salesmen can really sell you stuff, can't they? That's <laughs> amazing what they, I could tell you stories about that one. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is, they don't kill him. I first read that I thought, well, they're gracious. They're being gracious to them. That's a good thing. There is something good about that. But that's what not what needed to be done here. So, uh, they don't kill him. Our fight against evil is a violent fight. It's a fight to the death. People get killed over this. That's why the opposition to the word of God. That's why the word of God is opposed some people are okay with it. Some people are in between. Some people want to kill you. This is how this is. And the more true it is to the word you're saying is to the word of God, uh, I think the greater, greater the, the violence is. Look at Jesus. They couldn't wait. He said a couple of things and bang. Let's, how, are we, how are we going to kill him? Right? But this is violent. We're going, because we're going to the core. We're going to the core of the problem. That's where the enemy uh, is going to fight his uttermost. Because we're going to people's hearts. This is an individual battle. They're chasing one individual down. Every person matters. Everybody counts. He's messing it up. But now check this out. Here's what he says. After they cut his his thumbs and his big toes, cut those off. Now, you would think, did he bleed to death from this? Uh, what kind of? This wasn't a surgical operation. They didn't send him urgent care. Well, you couldn't walk and you couldn't fight. That's the idea. We're going to put this guy out of action. But can he think? He can still strategize, right? Uh, so they really didn't do the job. I, I'm more and more convinced of that. Um, so here's what he says: seventy kings with their thumbs and their big toes cut off used to gather up scraps under my table. Yeah. Now, were there 70 kings? Or is that just kind of an expression to say, uh, you know, everybody, just a big number, right? The whole world was under my, or a guy talking big talk. That that might be, right? Uh, There they were under my table. So as I have done, so God has repaid me. So Elohim has repaid me. Wish he would have said Yahweh. Wish he would have said Jehovah, right? I wish he would have... Because Elohim, could have been one of his gods. But don't tell anybody I said this. Uh, I'll get in trouble for this with who I don't know. But um, uh, I think there's something good about this. I think he's making some kind of confession. I think maybe he's saying boy, you know what? There's finally justice in this world. I don't see any justice. Look, I cut, hacked somebody's, uh, I was brutal to to these other kings. Don't I deserve some payback on that? So they see at least, he sees at least this part of the being of God through their aggressiveness. But then I would say, well, then what do they do? They send them down to Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? I'm going to assume Jerusalem had already been defeated for a time. It's fairly peaceful. He's a prisoner of war in uh, in Jerusalem. And he dies there. So I'm thinking maybe God is saying, ah-ha, justice, you're right about the justice. But now we're going to get real real justice. You have to die there. You just sacrificed 10,000 people so that you could could escape. Yeah, So, uh, so there he is. And yet I want to say, here's a guy, and he's a pagan, and he winds up in Jerusalem. How do he get there? Someone's hands and feet uh, were mutilated. Who does that remind you of, right? Uh, Maybe there's a little touch in this. He finds life doing this, and he winds up in Jerusalem. That's just, like I say, don't tell anybody I said that. That's saying, oh, look, you're trying to find stuff in there. Uh, I do think it's interesting, though. Mm-hmm. He dies in Jerusalem, right? Um, okay. And then what about being under the table? Now, there are proverbs about, you know, drinking someone under the table. And uh, there there is stuff about tables. But he's turned the tables. Remember, Jesus did that too. What's that all about? Turning the tables so what used to be on top of the table is now on the bottom. Jesus has you know, all the money and all that. It's all scattered at the table now. It's on the floor, right? And that's the way these guys are. Now, they go in and they're upsetting the order of, of the society, of the culture, uh, by putting these guys, who this guy who was on top, now he's under the table and the Israelites are on the top of the table. That's what that's what we do. Uh, that's the, the reversal of uh and all that through violence. You know? All right. Okay, that's Adonai Bezek I got my pages lost here. Pardon me, do you know what Bsach means? I was curious. BZEC. I don't know. I do know that they can't, they're not really sure where it even is. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um so, okay, after this. The sons of Judah fought against Jerusalem, captured it, struck it with the edge of the sword, and we did I did make a comment about that. Mm-hmm. Uh All right, so Judah went up against the Canaanites, verse 10, who lived in Hebron. Um, That's Kiriath Arba. And they struck Sheshai and Ahimon and Talmai. What is the importance of that? Because we're actually hearing about what the city used to be called. Why is that a big deal? Well, a lot of people think it's this guy Arba. uh, And he was sort of the head guy in the city. Remember Numbers chapter thirteen? Let me just read that a little bit. Okay. Remember the spying incident? Um Back when Moses sent spies into Canaan, they, they flunked out, they came back to Kadesh Barnea. And here's what they say. And they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days. They proceeded to come to Moses, Aaron, and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back to word, uh, word to them and to all the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him, we went into the land where you sent us. And it certainly does flow with milk and honey. This is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And get this, more than that, we saw the descendants of Anak there. We saw the Anakim there. Oh, yes, that's like the iron chariots. We saw the big guys there. We can't win against them. So Caleb says, no, he tears his clothes. We can by all means go in there and get that. Same with Joshua. These are God's big men. These are guys saying, no, we're promised this land. We have to go up. Don't screw up with it now. So they wind up wandering in in the wilderness for 40 years. Now it comes this. You think God's not going to say something about this? You think God's going to let this go? No. That's just till they come back uh, and they make sure... uh, they struck Sheshai and Ahenam and Talmai. And that's mentioned numerous times. Mm-hmm. God's saying, nope, uh, those guys are going to go. And that's how it's, it's going to happen, right? Um, so, so we, we wind up running out of some time here. I think I will go right to um, uh Caleb he's in the end. I mean, you can do a whole sermon on Caleb, uh, let's face it. Caleb, again, from the tribe of Judah. And he's legit from the tribe of Judah. And get this little detail. I've been studying this. I'm doing a paper on all this. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, he is, uh, his wife is named uh, Ephetah, something ephetah Well, Epheta is Bethlehem. So he's married to a woman. If I I got this right, he's married to a woman uh, who's from Bethlehem. So there's even more of a connection uh, with Judah and um, uh, Caleb, right? And it's going to be through Caleb that we get to, not a direct descendant, but the Messiah, Jesus, uh, I mean David, is from the tribe of Judah. So it goes right down to him. So this is the John Havlicek I was getting at. He's the sixth man, he's the understudy. But uh it doesn't go through uh Joshua. Joshua fades away. Rather than that, it goes through Caleb, the sixth man, the guy who gets no respect, the understudy, right? You always hear about Joshua, there's a whole book about him, no book about Caleb. That's okay. Uh oh yeah, that's 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 fine. So, uh Caleb strikes, gets rid of these guys, Sheshai, Ahinam, and Talmai. Who gets the glory on that? Caleb gets the glory. He should. He was the one of faith back in the spying incident along with Joshua. Uh, so, here's what he says. He goes up. Now, now there's this place, De- Debir, right? That's the town close by. It's got to be. don't know where that is. Um, but uh, Hebron is all taken care of. Hebron, David's city in, in 2 Samuel, right? That's before he goes to Jerusalem, he reigns in Hebron. So Hebron's a big city for David, all right? And Caleb said, look what he says. The one who attacks Safer and captures it, I will even give him my daughter, Aksa, for a wife. Remember that story? Yes. Yeah. Is that? I mean... I mean, men are kind of crazy, right? They'll do stuff for a girl. Just what he's... Somebody in that crowd, Caleb knows that. Look, Caleb's now 85. Mm -hmm. Uh, He can't go in there and swing a sword by by himself. He's too old for that. But he says, give me this mountain. Yes, but he's a warrior. Not that he didn't do that before, but now he's going to say, I know some of these guys are going to take me up on this challenge. Who takes him up on the challenge? Turns out to be a relative. It's um, Othniel. So what happens? Monica. Yes. Exactly. Uh, so Othniel just says Caleb's younger brother captured it, So he gave his daughter Aksa. He gave him his daughter Aksa for a wife. No talking about strategy. Othniel just goes and does it. He's like his His, I don't know, his brother, I think it's his little brother. uh, He just goes and does it. And uh, he captures it. He gets the daughter out for a wife. Then it came about when she came to him that she persuades him to ask her father for a field. Then she gets off the donkey and Caleb says to her, what do you want? This is really cool. Uh, She said, give me a blessing. Since you have given me the land of Negev, give me also springs of water. Just like I didn't read this. and We're out of time. Um, so Caleb gave her the upper springs and lower springs. Just like Caleb comes to Joshua and says uh, can't read it now, but it's uh, in, in Joshua 14. Um, Look, Moses promised me this land. Now Joshua, give me my portion of land. He promised me Hebron, right? He wants to to give me the opportunity to wipe out the, uh, uh, to settle the score on the the Anakim thing, right? I want to do that. But he's 85, you know? He says, that's okay. Uh, Joshua blesses him with this problem, right? Doesn't he bless him with a problem? But Caleb wants the problem. How am I going to do this? I'm backing up a little bit. How am I going to defeat Hebron? I mean, uh, uh, this curious uh, Safer. How am I going to do this? Uh, well, he knows he wants to do it. He want, he, because he knows the promise. He knows Genesis 49, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? He knows what God just said. Look, we can do this. We got this. So he attracts him with, I'll give you my wife." So what happens? My daughter is a wife. So what happens? Aksa comes, riding on a donkey, right? Jumps off the donkey, bows down to to the father. The father grants Aksa the land that she wants. But that's not enough. She's got to have water with her, too. She's got to have a little garden. I think this is a picture of the kingdom. I think we're we're building a kingdom here. This is sort of like Eden. and she gets her husband, Othniel, to uh, ask Caleb for the land, right? Why'd she do that? I don't know. Maybe we're going to, she's going to strategize. I'm not sure about that one, but I think it's really cool. Uh, so this is how it ends up. This is how, this, these were the good times for Judah. And then, unfortunately, we look at the north. That's Ephraim. That's uh, Joseph's descendants. And they're not doing anything. And they're mixing with the Canaanites. So you have this whole, yeah, before long, it just goes downhill. then finally, Judah goes downhill too. So it all goes down. It's all a mess. All right? But that's all going to point forward. No king. uh, Just these tribes. It's eventually going to, Go to David. David's going to expand this kingdom, right? He's going to make it just like Joshua, like it was for Joshua. Uh, Every place where you put the sole of your foot, it will be yours. So we have the mess of judges, not without the bright spot right there at the beginning. There's going to be a kingdom. It's going to be an awesome kingdom. I think think that's what that's saying. It's going to be a, a kingdom of Judah, right? Um, there's going to be a king. I think that's a picture of a of a little dynasty. Uh, but just a picture of it. See, even in the bad stuff, God is saying, before I leave here, I want you to see a picture. So uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this, this passage. And Lord, we pray that uh, you will help us a- apply this uh, to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.